On these bonus episodes of Isolated But Not Alone, we've been discussing the dark side of mental health agencies. We've discussed the myths around large mental health agencies. We've talked about therapist burnout. We've discussed the incongruency between the business model and the holistic mental health model. And I've kind of discussed the story, my story, as it unfolded when a large community-based mental health center announced that they would be closing their offices in three counties. And so this is the last episode of that series. And I just want to conclude with the rest of my story and some final thoughts. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James Raines, and you're listening to Isolated But Not Alone, a podcast that seeks to bring mental health awareness to rural and isolated communities. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that this and other content produced by James Raines is not therapy and is not intended to be therapy or to replace therapy. Nothing in this podcast indicates or creates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek one in your area if you are experiencing any type of mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as specific life advice, and it is simply for the purpose of education. Welcome back to Isolated But Not Alone. I just wanted to thank everyone who's been listening to this series on the dark side of mental health agencies. If you followed all these podcasts, we started by kind of just introducing the topic at hand, which discussed and described a community-based mental health agency that just announced it was going to close its doors in three counties, leaving a lot of people in need of mental health services. And I kind of began by discussing my fears and my concerns about retaliation, as well as my fears and concerns about dissuading people from utilizing mental health services. And then I went on to discuss the business model versus the holistic mental health model and described how these two models are not congruent. And I went on to discuss burnout with mental health therapists and then the myths that I feel that mental health agencies like to promote and keep going. And in this last episode of this series, I just kind of want to give some final thoughts and finish telling the story, my story, and my experience at this agency. And I know up until this point, I've kind of discussed some of my story piece by piece. The last part of the story I discussed described the burnout that I was experiencing, as well as hearing about a lot of my fellow colleagues and their experiences with burnout as well. So I kind of want to pick up there. So the work environment at this agency had become very toxic. And I know that's thrown around a lot in today's society, that things are toxic. And I've heard this topic discussed on a wide spectrum from I'm just not happy about things, so therefore it's toxic, to extreme abuse and trauma in the workplace being toxic. And I want to say that the toxicity that I felt that I was experiencing was someplace in the middle moving towards trauma versus I just was unhappy and didn't like what was going on, therefore it was toxic. And I feel it's important to make that distinction because when somebody hears the word toxic, their mind might conjure up 
a different meaning than what I mean when I describe and discuss toxicity that I was experiencing at this mental health agency. So the toxicity that I was experiencing, I felt came from an unsafe work environment. And what I mean by unsafe is not that there was like physical harm or danger present in carrying out the duties of my occupation. What I meant by unsafe was there was not the feeling of being safe in what I was doing, emotional safety. And because I did not feel safe, I did not have confidence in the fact that my job would even exist after a certain time. I didn't feel safe that I could trust anybody to talk about how I was truly feeling and thinking about the situation because I felt unsafe due to the burnout I was experiencing and the lack of connection with others in order to address that burnout, I felt the work environment had become toxic in that regard. I felt trapped. I felt isolated. I felt detached. I felt alone. And my personal opinion on the matter is, especially when it comes to mental health, is that when you are a mental health therapist or counselor, those are the very last things you should be experiencing as they hinder your ability to provide quality therapy to your clients. And this toxicity wasn't just being experienced by me, it was being experienced by the system. And what I mean by that is the work system, the environment in which I worked, and the other people, and the mentality, and the policies, and the procedures. It was invasive, this toxicity. It crept in, it snuck in, to our very perceptions. So it was like putting on glasses that were blurred. So everything we looked at, everything we experienced, we experienced in this toxicity that was ever increasing, ever invasive and evasive. So let me tell you a little bit of what I mean by that. So it was invasive because it was subtle and yet not subtle at the same time. It was so direct that when you were trying to avoid the onslaught of direct attack from this toxicity and the system, you were subtly getting blindsided by it as well. And when I talk about systems here, systems are a term used to describe how societies and families and people interact within groups. And it's usually seen as kind of the first group that you ever experience which is your family. So a lot of times in family therapy, it's referred as the family system. And one of the very first things that you're going to learn if you ever decide to be a therapist or to be a counselor, especially within the family, is you're going to talk about the thermostat metaphor. And we all know what a thermostat is, or at least the most of us know what a thermostat is. I guess that's an assumption. So I apologize if you do not know what a thermostat is. But a thermostat is that thing in your house that has like a dial. I know they're getting way more high tech than that. And there's like push button ones and all that. But I still have the old fashioned because I still have a boiler. So that tells you all you need to know there. But, you know, the old fashioned little dial and it changes or decreases, or at least that's what my thought was originally, the temperature in your home. And I think that's what most people's thoughts are, is that basically whatever you turn it to, that's what your temperature is going to be, right? What they don't realize is that is a system in a way a system of heating and cooling your home. And 
what that thermostat is doing is preventing change, whether change to more cool, change to warm. What it's doing is, is wherever you set it to, it is preventing change either below that temperature or above that temperature. And it has processes that keep it from getting too hot or too cold when it's set at, for example, 70. So it's not going to go to 75, right? It's going to prohibit that change. And it's not going to go to 65. It's going to prohibit that change, right? Families have systems that do things that are similar to that, right? And we've all experienced this in our family. You know, I love to call them the black sheep, the black sheep of the family. If you could call them up, and if you don't know who they are, it's probably you, call them up and say, hey, how was life like for you and the family? They butted against the family rules. They butted against the family roles. Oftentimes, they were trying to change the family system. And the more they tried to change that family system, the more that family system tried to deny and reject and stop that change. To maintain that nice 70-degree temperature, right? The status quo. And systems aren't just in families. They're everywhere where there's groups of people. And the workplace is no different. So the workplace had been invaded by this toxicity. And it was there before I got there. So I can't necessarily speak on where it began. I have my beliefs and my theories about how it began with kind of response and reaction to COVID-19, as well as the changing of the guard in administration to someone who did not have necessarily extensive mental health experience, but instead had more experience in education and maybe business, maybe organization. But I'm not 100% sure how it was created, but I know it was pervasive, meaning that not only had it invaded the system, but it was everywhere. It had become the status quo of the system to maintain that toxicity. And every time somebody stood up to, tried to change, tried to do something different, the system rejected that change. And it did so in various forms. Sometimes it rejected it by rejecting the person, isolating them, prohibiting them, trying to break them down and bring them back into the fold, to the status quo. In more extreme cases, it ejected that individual who was trying to buck the system. And again, this is a metaphor. So keep that in mind as I discuss it a little bit further. So it was invasive, it was pervasive, and it was evasive. Meaning that when you try to pin it down, its roots, when you try to think ways with your colleagues of how to fight against it, to, to force change in a way, <laughs> or at least change yourself enough to where there was a deeper change. And it was like nailing jello to the wall. It was not happening. And it was so in everybody's thoughts and perceptions that it would follow you home. I love horror movies. I'm a big horror movie fan. I've seen way too many that I could ever, you know, hope to describe. And I'm thinking of ones where, you know, there's this like evil spirit and somehow inadvertently the family or the individual in the horror story connects with it accidentally through an object or through being someplace at the wrong time. And then it follows them. And then the horror movie or horror story takes place in a different location with the spirit, 
you know, plaguing the family and I, or the individual. And I think about that when I think about how this kind of followed me home, this toxicity, this distrust, this lack of confidence, this always looking over my shoulder, always in a mode of problem solving, always in a reactive mode, not feeling safe. I'm also a big fan of the polyvagal theory. And we don't have a ton of time to talk about that now, but as a theory, it talks about the vagus nerve and its connection with our fight, flight, or freeze responses and how we can kind of get stuck and feel safe and unsafe situations and not feel safe in safe situations. And we can kind of get stuck in this like hypervigilance. And then pretty soon we're, as CBT would say, our cognitive behavioral therapy, we are self-fulfilling our own prophecies, whether we're doing it intentionally or unintentionally. We are making what we already believe to come true. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. And that's what was going on, not only in me, but in others, to where it was an entire holistic problem in the agency. And I know when I had left, one of the rumors that was going around with me is I had just become too negative. And I don't discount that rumor. Every time I hear it, I say, absolutely. Absolutely, I had become negative. But I had become negative because of the system in which I was working and going into every day. And that negativity wasn't just affecting my work performance, it was affecting my personal life. And guess what? As soon as I cut that tie with that location, that dissipated almost immediately. When I was a, a young person, I started to get really sick my first year of college and nobody could figure out what was going on. And I mean, super sick. Fevers that were extremely off the charts, times where I couldn't even have the strength to get out of bed. And what was odd was, is every time I would go home for break from the school, within a few days, I would start to feel better. And my health would drastically improve. And then I would go back off to school within a few days, would be just as ill as if nothing had changed. Well, come to find out, I had a massive black mold infection from my environment at the school. My room just happened to be someplace where there was a black mold problem, which was unseen or unknown by myself or the college. But that reminded me of what was going on here, is that when I left the environment, there was healing because I had left the toxicity. But as soon as I would go back, it would be almost as instantaneous illness where my mental health would decline drastically. And as I sit here and think about that, I also hear the loud beeping construction noises that are going on in the office down from mine. So I apologize if that is in the background. There's really nothing I can do about it because it's extremely loud and it's constant. So I just want to kind of conclude it by discussing the last bit of my story is that I was involved in this toxic environment. It was taking a toll on myself and my family. Then there was this like incident, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but it was just an incident that really showed me how toxic the environment had become, not just for myself, but for others. And that's when I had to make the hard decision of, do I stay or do I leave? And I chose to leave for myself, for my mental health, for my family. And then very shortly after I had left, they had announced that they were going to be closing. And I just want to share this. As much as it is a difficult time for everyone in these counties who are suffering with mental health problems, 
there is hope. There are people who are working very diligently to get services back in the area. And there are folks like myself who are providing private practice services locally and are willing to work with those who need those services. So again, thank you for listening. I appreciate everybody who's tuned in to these podcasts. And if you like them, please share them. Please get the word out. And remember, you might be isolated, but you're not alone. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast enough to share it with friends and family and reach out with any questions you might have about mental health. And we will do our best in future shows to answer those questions. And remember, it might feel like you're isolated. And maybe you are, but you're not alone.